Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. This weekend's readings speak to us about God's incredible mercy that He has upon us. In the first reading, the second reading, as well as in the Gospel. But what I want to do is focus our attention on the second reading from Paul's letter to Timothy. In fact, this is the very beginning of Paul's letter to Timothy. Now, why is this important? Well, because our church in the next seven weeks is going to be reading Paul's letter to Timothy as the second reading. So for almost two months now, we're going to be listening to Paul's advice, listening to Paul's spiritual advice that he's going to give Timothy. Now, why is this important? Well, I think it's because of the messages. The church deems it incredibly important, this letter, that Paul is basically not just teaching Timothy, but us some powerful spiritual lessons about our faith and how to live it out. So we must tend to it very carefully. Now, how does it begin? It says, I, grateful to Jesus, who has strengthened me, because he considered me trustworthy in appointing me to ministry. I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and arrogant, but I have been mercifully treated, because I acted out of ignorance in my unbelief. Indeed, the grace of our Lord Jesus has been abundant to me. Well, that speaks volumes, doesn't it? Paul basically is telling Timothy, as well as us, that he is a living example of the power of God's grace and how God's grace can change our lives for the better and bring about redemption and righteousness, a right relationship with God. Here is Paul. Paul used to be a rebellious sinner, probably one of the greatest sinners of all time, and yet through God's grace, he becomes one of the most remarkable saints in our church. Paul, his tale, his life, his conversion, is a great example of how powerful God's grace can work within our lives. Think about it. Before Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus, Paul was a very zealous Pharisee. In fact, he basically took the role and the responsibility of exterminating Christianity. Paul thought that Christianity was a direct threat to the Jewish life. So he took it upon himself to exterminate the Christians. If you want to get some great examples of this, turn to Acts of the Apostles, chapter 7, 9, and 10. It states that Paul, still breathing murderous threats against the Christians, would break into their houses take men, women, even children off to prison to be executed in order to exterminate Christianity. Well, he was doing a great job, and he thought he was doing the work of God. And yet we all know on that faithful day on the road to Damascus, Paul encountered someone he never thought he would encounter in his life, Jesus Christ. And from that moment, he received God's grace. Now, to do God's work. Paul, who was the worst enemy our church probably ever knew, now becomes the greatest defender of our faith. Now, you say to yourself, you know, why is this important? Well, it has a great deal to do with the second reading. 
about God's grace and his mercy. Paul is teaching this to Timothy and now us. Now, in order to understand Paul's letter to Timothy, we always have to understand the context in which it is set in. Timothy has been Paul's, we would say, his prodigy. Timothy was recruited, baptized, even ordained by St. Paul. Timothy has been with Paul for many, many years. He's been his traveling companion. But most importantly, he learned everything that he needed to know about Christianity and priesthood from Paul himself. Well, one day, Paul finds out some deeply disturbing news about the Christian community in Ephesus, a community that Paul himself started. Ephesus basically is in present-day Greece on the Aegean Sea and was a great Roman city, a great trading city. So it was well-populated. Well, it had a substantial Christian community there that Paul created. Well, the disturbing news that Paul is receiving is the fact that false leaders have come into Ephesus and they've taught the people or the Christian community, the church there, doctrine that was contrary to the teachings of Christ and his church. As a result, the people engaged in behavior that was contrary to the gospel, as well as the teachings of Paul. And so Paul is very distressed at this. Remember, he founded this Christian community. He knows these people intimately. He lived with them for over a year while creating this community. So in many ways, he sat at their kitchen table and had meals with them, probably baptized many of the people there. So he knows them very well. So what does he do next? Well, he dispatches Timothy. He tells Timothy, go over there and clean up that mess to resolve that crisis. You could say this is Timothy's first assignment as a priest, his first parish. Well, when Timothy arrives in Ephesus, he finds it every bit as bad as they thought. The people have strayed from the faith and doctrine. They no longer worship God, go to Mass. They no no longer pray or practice the faith. And yet, Timothy begins the change. And he first tries to make changes by teaching, giving them the proper instruction about doctrine and dogma of our church. But what's the problem? The people don't want to listen to Timothy. It's not that he's a bad teacher. No, it's the fact that Timothy is young. He's a young man. Now, realize, in the ancient world, it was a patriarchal society. You know, older men were held up with esteem. They were thought to be wise, learned people. Young men were considered young bucks, inexperienced. And so people would say, you know, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's so young. So they wouldn't listen to Timothy. Well, Timothy is all alone. So he gets discouraged and he's at a point of ready to give up. Well, Paul finds out about this. And he immediately writes this letter from, to Timothy, boosting his morale, giving him some encouragement, you know, trying to inspire him. And so that's the letter that we're going to be reading from in the next seven weeks. Now, this is a great lesson for us all. You could say this letter is written for us. The heart of the message that Paul is trying to teach Timothy, just as God didn't give up on Paul, well, God doesn't give up on us. Through God's grace, We have the power of God within us, you know, to overcome any challenge or any obstacle. With God's grace, we can be powerful people in faith, in matters of faith and morals. And so we just need that grace in our life, and Christ will give it to us. He gave it to Paul, and now Paul is reminding Timothy, you know, reach out for God's grace, and you will receive it. And in doing so, you'll overcome those challenges. Well, that's a great message for us all. Now more than ever, 
you know, we look out into this world, you know, and we see crazy things going on. You know, today, this weekend, it's 9-11. And 15 years ago, our country was maliciously attacked by evil. And yet we did not succumb to it. We did not bow down to it. No, we were faced with a challenge and with God's grace, we persevered. We became a stronger nation because of it. Or you just look at our country, the political environment that's going on. You look at our economy, people are worried about their jobs. You know, there are so many challenges that we face. But through God's grace, we can persevere through them. And we can become stronger people in our faith. I'll give you a great example of this. John Newton. Now, many of you probably never heard of him before, but you know his song. He's the person that wrote the song Amazing Grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. For I was blind and now I see. Well, those words speak to the deepest instinct of the human heart and our need of deliverance. There are so many different occasions in which we need to be delivered from our challenges, regardless of what they may be. Strained relationships, unemployment, poor health, our economy, you know, the threats or the fear of attacks from terrorism, whatever that may be, we always are in that need of deliverance. Well, John Newton wrote that song in his specific disposition. It's important to understand John Newton. He was a man that was born and lived in England, and yet he was involved in the slave trade. He would take his ship, go to Africa, pick up slaves, and take them to the colonies here in the United States. Well, on one trip across the Atlantic, he encountered a very or a vicious storm, barely survived it. Well, after he survived the storm, he converted to Christianity and became a great evangelizer to the extent that a few years later, he became a priest. And yet, John Newton never forgot the slave trade and the role that he played in it. Each and every day, he repented and asked for God's mercy and grace. And fought tirelessly to end slavery in England, and he did just that. He understood personal conversion had broad consequences to it, and yet through God's grace, his life changed, and he helped to change the lives of others, especially those that succumbed to slavery. John Newton is a great example of what Paul is trying to teach Timothy and us. Through God's grace, our lives can change and change for the better. Through God's grace, we can persevere any challenge in our life. St. Paul did it, John Newton did it, Timothy did it, and so can we. And yet it all starts right here, right now, at Mass. Every time we gather for Mass, every weekend, we receive God's grace. By the Word of God, but most importantly, by the Eucharist. That's why when we come up for the Eucharist, the person says, the body of Christ. Our response is, amen. It comes from the Latin word, amani, which means, so be it. So be it. What I'm about to take into my body is the body of Christ. But most importantly, we're taking in God's grace. And it is that grace that helps us, gives us the confidence. It encourages us and boosts our morale, especially during times like Timothy, when we feel discouraged when we feel maybe ridiculed of our faith. Well, we need to come to church every weekend. We need to receive that grace. And in doing so, we're strengthened. We're motivated. We're encouraged to go out into the world and live out our faith and to be better people. 
In fact, change the world for the better, just like Paul did and John Newton. That's why at the very end of Mass, the priest always says, go now to love and serve the Lord. Well, we do just that. We go out into the world. Why? Because we've received God's grace. And with that grace, now we have the power of the Lord resting upon us. You know, to go out and live out our faith, despite the obstacles or the challenges that we might face, we won't be discouraged. In fact, we'll be motivated more than ever because with God's grace, we can do powerful things. Just like St. Paul, just like John Newton and Timothy, and now us. What must we do? Keep receiving that grace. Keep coming to Mass every weekend. And then we also can do great things in this world on behalf of Christ. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.